This episode wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, GhostLab, synchronised cross-browser mobile testing taken to the next level, and Blush. Blush does beautiful letterpress printing of cards, stationery, and more for designers and artists. We'll tell you more about them later in the show. This is Unfinished Business, the show that talks about the business end of web, design, and creative industries. This is episode 23, and today is Friday 14th of June 2013. The show's hosted by me, Anna Debenham, and by my co-host, it's the way he tells him, Andy Clark. We interrupt this program to bring you the following important announcements. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All the links we mention in this episode are in our show notes, and you'll find them at unfinished.bz forward slash 23. So what was that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was me. We'll talk about this today in the show. Unfortunate experience. Angry Andy. Angry but no, Andy. I'm actually, no, I'm actually calm. I'm trying to remain calm. Actually, I am pretty calm. You know, come see, come sir. Whatever that means in French. Hey, we got an email. Just talk about important stuff. <laughs> uh, we got an email from Tom Eric Thorbeck, who I think is from Norway, about the most important issue of the day, which is soap. Yeah. And he did say that we should do it like the Germans. Now, this is him writing, not me. <laughs> So we can blame the Norwegian guy on the fake German accent. Do it like the Germans. Get wet, turn off water, soap up, turn on water, rinse. Clean body and a slightly cleaner environment. Well, you don't want to do that, do you? The water's running, you grab the soap. No, don't get me started. <laughs> saves water. Don't get me started. I suppose it does save water. But, you know, water's in plentiful supply, isn't it? In what you think in Norway. So, yeah, soap. You reminded me of, I don't know, do you know Alan Partridge? I've seen Alan Partridge a little bit, yeah. There's, Our friend Dan is big on Alan Partridge. There's um, there's an episode where he uh, he complains to the hotel he's staying at uh, because the soap bar that he gets is too small for him to have a proper wash. And so the lady at the reception desk suggests that he use two bars of soap. And I couldn't get the right clip for this. Um but just imagine this kind of middle-aged man sort of demonstrating how he would wash himself with two bars of soap at the reception desk. I don't need to imagine. I said, did I I've send probably you a... done exactly the same thing. Did I send you a gif? <laughs> yeah, you did. You tweeted me a gif. Yeah. So, yeah, I could, I could imagine that. <laughs> it's true. And I don't care what anybody said. Rachel Andrews has been on your side again. Yeah. This week going, yeah, 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 I have to say, I'm on Anna's side with the soap. No, they're wrong. <laughs> wrong. Anyway, I don't want this show to be all about soap. <laughs> this is <laughs> Unfinished Business, the show that talks about soap and tea. Mm, tea. No, have you got tea? I have got, got tea. tea. Of course I've got tea. I've got a large, um, um, yeah, my large mug <laughs> of tea. Anyway, should we talk about what happened to me this week? Yeah, what happened to you? Hey, guess what? What? Actually, I did get a new ape, <laughs> like, like a little keyring one, like a little one that you kind of, it comes with a, uh, it's one of those little bear bricks that sticks in the top of your phone, hangs off the top of your phone. Um, and it's like the guys have in Japan where it kind of wards off evil spirits, mm -hmm. like a little charm. It didn't get um, stuck in customs this time. No, this was just like a little thing. It came from Hong Kong. Um, but the problem is, of course, I don't have a phone anymore. Oh, where are you hanging it then? Well, at the moment, it's still in its packet. 
Um, but if I'd have left my other little charm attached to my phone, um, well, first of all, two possibilities. One, it would have got stolen with the phone, um, or it might have done its job and warded off the evil spirit <laughs> of the toss pot that stole my phone. So, yeah, I uh, I got robbed in Geneva this week, which was probably I mean, not the most un- unpleasant experience of my life, but certainly not one that I want to repeat. Mm. Um, so I learned a lot this week about what to do and what not to do in those situations. But yeah, it, it, did, it was a bit of a shock. It wasn't the end of the week and the end of my few weeks in Geneva with Wipo that uh, I would have, I would have, I would have wanted, but you know, live and learn. So what happened? Well, it's, as, as I, I wrote a blog post about this this week, um, sort of explaining it if anyone wants to read, but Let's just put it, I don't tend to stay in the swankiest hotels. Um, I see no point when it's just me of spending a lot of money in, in, on hotels, you know, on a bed. Yeah. Um, as long as there's a few, you know, as long as it's clean and reasonably kind of safe and that, you know, the breakfast is okay. You know, I'm usually all right. And sometimes you get Wi-Fi and sometimes you don't. And the one that I've been staying in doesn't have Wi-Fi for free anyway. Yeah. It's, it's one of these places that's, charges 25 Swiss francs. So that's like 18 quid a day for Wi-Fi. And I refuse to pay for and that. And it's always really bad Wi-Fi. Do you know, I just, I'm just not going to pay that. I'm not going to get fleeced. So this particular hotel, which is near Garconavan, which is the railway station in the middle of Geneva, is round the corner from Starbucks. So what I've been tending to do is I'll leave work, I'll go and get something to eat, I'll go sit in Starbucks for an hour, um, have a decaf soya latte because I'm a bit of a Wendy. And decaf you know, soya latte. I know. Can you imagine asking water? for that? I just sound like an American, don't I? Can I have a decaf, grande decaf soya latte? Because <laughs> I'm like embarrassed asking for it. Anyway, so I, I tend to go in there for, you know, for an hour or whatever and have a cup of toffee and catch up on Twitter and go back to the hotel. This time though, I, Thought, I'll sit there and do some work. And there I was. It's kind of 9.30 or something. Lovely sunny day. I mean, it's it's been the best day of the week. And I thought, well, well I'll sit outside. And they've got seats outside. Bearing in mind, this is like the middle of Geneva, mm. um, opposite the station. And I'm sitting there. And, I'm, you know, everyday kind of situation. I hadn't taken my, my crumpler bag with me. I just got my laptop in its sleeve and my phone in its little hard graph case. And I'm sitting there coffee on the table, um, laptop on my lap, and I'm doing some work. And actually, I'm doing some work and I'm talking to you on Twitter at the same time. We're having a DM conversation about cake and cinnamon buns. Cinnamon buns. I know. Well, and, and so you said, so, I mean, basically, I said to you, you know, we need to choose a topic for the show, something we can get our teeth into. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know. And you just replied, cake. Yeah. Obviously. And I, I, I know. And I just, and I said, I just ate a cinnamon bun. I am so bad because, you know, you shouldn't sit and eat cinnamon buns when you try to lose weight. They're not diet food. You just like, cinnamon buns are the best. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I'm sad and lonely because I'm on my own eating buns in Geneva. <laughs> like, moany, moany, moany. And you went, sounds like you need another cinnamon bun. Yeah. That's my solution to everything. And then at that point, we'd been having this conversation. And, you know, there's always a few minutes, isn't there, between, you know, you're sending a tweet and then 
a message and then the other person replying. Yeah, and I think so, I was playing Skyrim at the time, so I wasn't really I, checking my phone. No idea what you were doing, but <laughs> I done what I don't normally do, which is I had my phone on the table next to me. So I had my laptop on my lap because it's easier down there and a cup of coffee and my phone on the table outside Starbucks, you know, 9.30 at night, but it was still really warm and really sunny at that point. Mm. And, you know, I'm glancing at the phone every now and again to see if you replied. And the next thing out of nowhere, this guy runs up, grabs the phone and my hard graph case off the table and runs off. And I didn't know what to do at that point. I'm, you know, it, it literally, it only took me a second to realize what had happened. Um, and to almost, it was strange. It was almost like I could appreciate the full consequences. All this stuff went through my mind all in that split second about the fact that, you know, most of my life was on that phone. <laughs> And I did instinctively get up, um, and at this point, dropping my MacBook Air. So that hit the, that hit the, the, the concrete. So I've got a nasty, nasty dent, um, in the corner of that thing now. Um, and he gone and I did what, um, I would tell my son not to do, which is I chased after him mm. and ran. Uh, through the middle of Geneva, um, chasing this guy, um, which is not easy for me. And I'm not exactly the fittest guy <laughs> in the world. Um, and I nearly got him. I nearly caught up with him. And then I turned a corner and he'd gone into some of these back streets. Mm. Um, and, you know, I knew at that point that, that, you know, it was gone, but you know, I was running and at no point did it occur to me, what the hell are you going to do if you catch him? You know, I could have put myself in a very um, dodgy situation. Mm. You know, it could have been dangerous. The guy could have been carrying you know, a knife or something. Um, you know, what was I going to do? Was I going to punch him in the head? Give him um, a stern you know. talking to. Well, you know, it, oh, so long story short, I, I lost that. Um, and I then went to, uh, I went back to the hotel and went immediately to find my iPhone to try and track it. Yeah. Um, and at that point I realized that like a moron, I turned off location services because I have noticed that that does tend to eat into your, uh, data allowance, yeah. you know, cause Foursquare or Google now or something is, is pinging. Um, and I do go through my, um, European roaming quicker when I've got that turned on. So I turned it off like an idiot. So find my iPhone didn't work. So that, but I could remote wipe and remote lock the phone, which is exactly what I did. Did you just say uh, Google now? Yeah. Is that, is that out for iPhone? Uh, yes. When was that? And, uh, don't know, but I've been using it a while while I travel and it's actually really, really good. Yeah. I've been waiting for that to come out for it. Sorry, a bit of a tangent, but yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's, it, no, it works really well. I mean, when I'm in Geneva, I can just, you know, flip up and it'll tell me photo spots and what's on at the local cinema and traffic and weather. And it, no, it's great. I need to get that. Well, it was great <laughs> on my phone. So yeah, so I went back. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. It was, it was gone and I knew it was gone. So I wiped it. Uh, find my iPhone on iCloud. Um, it allowed me to remote wipe it. Yeah. So that's what I did, knowing full well that I wasn't going to get it back. And then I went to the police station and reported it. And they, you know, they went through all of the 
the usual kind of procedures, you know, what happened and what did the guy look like and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, I, I've never, ever, ever felt unsafe in Geneva. You know, I've stayed on, you know, in some fairly dodgy areas, I think. Um, you know, I've stayed on the edge of Paki, which is kind of the the red light area, yeah. which is a couple of blocks away from the railway station. And, I've, you know, even, you know, walking to and from in the morning or, or after work, I've never felt unsafe. Um, so I said to the, the policeman, you know, does this happen a lot? You know, I thought Geneva was kind of safe. And he said, yeah, generally Geneva is safe. You know, you won't get attacked, but um, phone snatching and bag snatching is really common. Yeah, I guess any any tourist destination will be like that. Yeah. So, you know, what are you going to do at that point? Um, one thing I realised was that, A, I'd been a complete idiot to chase after him because if I had a caught him, Lord knows what I would have done. <laughs> um, and I hadn't thought that one through. And... It could have been so much worse in terms of what could have been taken. Um, I mean, I've got here, I've, I've got my wallet and I, Sue bought me this really lovely big kind of travel wallet. Yeah. Um, a bit like the sort of thing that, you know, you, you can put your boarding cards in. Um, when you, when you travel, when you go to the airport. I mean, it's a big wallet. Oh, you don't use a passbook? Uh, I do use passbook, but EasyJet from Liverpool doesn't support, um, electronic boarding cards so and that's the airline that i fly most of out of liverpool and and they don't do um they don't do passport integration or even um even phone boarding cards yeah some airports they do not liverpool so you know i've got this great big wallet that i carry and you know, i'm just looking at it now it's got my bank cards in it it's got my passport in it usually when i travel it's got my driver's license got a comb got a pen um, you know, all my money is usually in there, you know, receipts, business receipts and stuff like that. And that fortunately was in my trouser pocket. Now, sometimes and it's, it's, it's easy, isn't it? I could just have easily have sat down, had my wallet and my, and my phone on top. You can just picture it. And that could have gone as well. I tell you what I did realize. Um, oh, in the wallet, you know, I had, I had the, uh, the ticket for the car park at, at Liverpool Airport. Oh God! You know that that could have gone. Yeah. And sometimes I even keep. I don't take my wallet out all the time. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll just stick a few notes or um, a hotel key or you know some little bits and pieces. I'll stick inside the flap in my phone case. Well, that that could have gone. You know, I could have, I could have lost my car parking ticket. Um, I could have lost my passport. And, you know, then what was I going to do? Mm. You know, my business relies on me being able to travel. You know, probably I wouldn't have been able to get out to Germany in a couple of weeks for this smashing workshop. So, oh, and the security passes. I tend to keep my security passes for clients, like my WIPO pass, mm. in my wallet. So I don't have to wear it on a lanyard around my neck. You know, I can just flash it at the door and then they've got all these electronic locks. Right. And you hold your pass up to the door. Um, and it lets you in as a sensor. Well, that would have gone. So I was just really lucky that, you know, it's one of those things where I hadn't put it on the desk. I hadn't put it on the, the table. It was in my pocket. Cause you know, you don't expect somebody to just rush up and take it and run off. Yeah. And those things that, I mean, they are replaceable, but they're, they're just a hassle to replace. Yeah. And I lost my 
favourite wallet last year on the way back from holiday um, at, a, at a toll booth in France. And this was a replacement. So I'd already been through that. You know, I'd lost my favourite one and this was a replacement. Um, and yeah, things like bank cards, are it's just the aggravation. Um, I was more upset about the wallet itself last year and the fact that I'd lost my favourite pen um, than than anything else. But, you know, it could have been worse. Um, I tell you what, it could have been completely worse. And as, as a man, I've never thought about this, never, ever thought about this. But I carry um, a crumpler bag, like a messenger bag. Right. And it's a really nice, um, I don't think they've done many, but it's a leather crumpler. Um, black leather crumpler. They call it Ugly Divorce is the, is the name of the bag, right? Which is, this is kind of almost what I got when I told Sue how much it cost. <laughs> it was really, it was really expensive. Anyway, I carry that. And often when I've been to Starbucks, I've, and I've got my laptop, I've taken that with me, mm. right? So I could have had my messenger bag at my feet. And you know, it's a shoulder bag. So it's got a great big strap and. It would have been just as easy for the guy to, you know, bend down, grab that bag and run. And, you know, I'd have lost my car keys. Um, you know, I took with me and this wasn't in it at the time, but, you know, I took with me to Geneva like four tablets, four, you know, four uh, iPads and the Samsung tablet, oh, and Google testing. Nexus for testing. Right. So uh, fortunately they weren't in the bag at that point, you know, or whatever, but, you know, just imagine the value of stuff that you carry around. As a man, I've never really thought about it. I know ladies, um, you know, often I've, I've talked to Sue and Sue and they say, oh, we, we always, when we sit in a cafe, we always put, you know, the, the strap yeah, of our handbag yeah. around our feet. I don't know whether you, whether you do that, whether you even carry a handbag, but, um, I do that with my rucksack, even on the train. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've never ever thought about that before. You know, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm conscious when I'm on the tube in London or walking around that it's not on my back, that it's on my front. I always carry it. Oh, you don't you put know. the rucksack on the front, do you? No, it's not a rucksack. It's a messenger bag. Oh, right. And it's not swung on my back. It's always on my, on my belly. <laughs> um, I, I don't actually, I don't own a rucksack. This is like, you know, one of those just big strappy bags. Do you wear a bum bag? No, never. <laughs> Silly person. Anyway. <laughs> I tell you what, the other thing I realised was that he had to reach over my laptop to get my phone, right? Mm. So he reached across the keyboard to get my phone. Now, it could have been easy to grab the lid of that laptop and go. In fact, it was probably easier to steal the laptop than it was the phone. Now, you, you know, just picture yourself, listeners, you sit in there, somewhere in a park or on a bench or, you know, in a public space or like I was outside Starbucks and you're working, you know, you're answering email, you're writing some code. I was working on a keynote deck, right? And you're focusing on that. And yeah, I, you get comfortable in your surroundings. So you're not really thinking about, you know, who's around necessarily. And especially in a, in a place like I was, you know, there's people coming and going outside, you know, in and out of Starbucks. There's cafes next door. There's like a Cafe Rouge next door. There's a kebab shop across the way. You know, there's people coming and going all the time. Just think how much easier it would have been for that guy to grab my laptop. Um, boy, would I have been in trouble with that thing gone. Mm. Um, 
And you just don't think about it. You know, you've got this lid there. It was really easy to grab. You know, MacBook Airs are light as anything, aren't they? And he could have been gone with that. So it's made me really, really um, realise how much I need to be more aware of, you know, what's around. But also, you know, less obvious, especially in, you know, in public, about the stuff that, you know, that, that you have on display. Because mm. if I hadn't have had that phone, you know, sitting there talking to you, then, you know, it wouldn't have gone. Um, but, you know, I could have just kept putting the thing in and out of my pocket. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I like, um, I've been trying out the Pebble Watch for a few weeks. And I like that because every time I get a text, I don't have to take my phone out of my pocket. And, you know, when I'm commuting, that's that's really nice. Mm. I felt like an idiot for having that kind of stuff on display and for making myself vulnerable. And, you know, nobody, nobody, you know, we should all just expect that, you know, we can have our stuff on display, but you know, the world's not full of nice people. Um, and I did, I felt, I felt like, I felt like a dick for, you know, for, for letting my guard down. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, so I was upset and I was angry and, um, Fortunately, I've not been dwelling on it, you know. I'm not kind of, you know, I've not let it affect me that much. Yeah. Um, it's presented quite a few kind of, you know, logistical hassles. <laughs> but I'm trying not to... I'm trying, I'm trying to turn it into a positive rather than into a negative, and we'll talk about some of those things, um, you know, along the way today. Um, but it's just a hassle. yeah. I had to phone O2 to, to get them to cancel that. Um, so there was a lock on the SIM card as well as on the phone. Um, I'm going to have to get another hard graph case because me being me, all my stuff matches, doesn't it? <laughs> and I still want my laptop sleeve and everything to match in with a new thing. So I'm going to have to get another hard graph case. That's 85 quid now. Those things are, they're, they're beautiful, really beautiful, but they're expensive. Um, and, you know, there's a few things that I love that I carry around. You know, I have my big wallet and I have my Hargrafts. Um, and, you know, losing one of those is a bit of a wrench. Uh, and, you know, just inconvenience. It's like I can't log into Google mm. because I've set up double authentication. And it, whenever I want to log into Google or Dropbox, um, and I think those are the only two I've done, it sends a text to your phone with a code. Yeah. So I can't log into either of those at the moment. <laughs> Do you get to keep your number? Yes, they they've they've it'll take 24 hours now but they've ported the SIM card to uh to my my number to the SIM card. So if I wanted to, I could take that SIM card and put it into this iPhone 1 that I have in my hand, which could be quite fun. Resurrect this old iPhone 1, which is still I still one of the nicest iPhones to hold. I think you should use the opportunity to, to try out a new operating system. I don't know what I'm going to do about the phone yet. I'm still figuring it out. Get um, a Windows phone. There's all kinds of things that I could do. Um, we'll talk about what I'm going to replace it with in a bit, but I'm, st I'm still on the fence as to what I should and shouldn't do. Um, but let's talk about insurance, right? Because I had... Well, 450 quids worth of iPhone nicked and 85 quids worth of hard graph plus five pound postage. So that's 90 quid 
to replace that uh, phone sleeve. And I've got a flipping great dent damage in my MacBook Air, which, you know, I would expect to be covered on insurance as well, either repair or replace. Mm. So Sue hopped on the logistics as she does. And turns out that our business insurance doesn't cover it. Why not? Because I was abroad. Does your travel insurance cover it? Nope. It does up to a maximum value of 250 quid. Because it's that's just the maximum for a phone. Um, and, you know, when we took out the business insurance, um, and this is kind of 2010, I suppose, that was the last time we did an, in, an inventory for our insurance company was 2010. Um, it didn't include those phones. And you bought the we phone did, outright rather than... We, we, yeah, we buy the, we buy all our iPhones outright and then we're on a, an O2 simplicity plan. So we paid like 11, 12 pound a month. Yeah, I'm on that. Um, but the phones are bought outright. So because it was out of the country, not covered, which I didn't know that. And it can be covered, could have been covered, but we know I wasn't traveling, um, and taking all this gear with me. Never really thought about that. So that's a bit of a wake up. Mm. Um, the travel insurance thing, I've used it once when I broke my ribs um, and had to get some medical care in America once. That's the only time I've that? ever used oh, it. Was, um, it was 2008 and I was at uh, a web directions conference in Vancouver and they took us up to Whistler, you know, the ski resort? Yeah. And we're doing a bit of snowboarding. There's me and uh, a bunch of geeks. Uh, I remember Chris Mills was there. Gina Bolton was there. I think Dan C. the Hom was there. Um, anyway, I, I've never been skiing ever. <laughs> sort, sort of thing a bloke from Corby does. And I've certainly never been on a snowboard. So we're starting off on these kind of nursery slopes on the first day. And man, I could hardly stand up. <laughs> Have you been snowboarding? No. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Imagine me snowboarding, man. And, uh, so I mastered it a bit anyway. And then on the second day, the morning of the second day, um, I thought, yeah, I could do this. And we went out onto the, like the nursery slopes again, like, you know, 5% graded or something. <laughs> and I thought, yay, and I could do this. And I was getting a little bit overconfident. And I hit a bump and the front of the snowboard hit this, uh, hit this sort of bumpy patch of snow. And I went straight over on my face and I heard this crack. Oh. And my first thought was, please, God, don't let it be my iPhone. <laughs> you like Which that it, phone too much. I do, I do. Anyway, it wasn't. Um, I'd broken two ribs. So we <laughs> Oh, that's okay I, then. <laughs> yeah, which was fine. I was fine. And then I was actually flying to from there to San Francisco for a couple of days. I think I was having a meeting with new riders or something. Um, it was, I think, roughly when we were talking about doing some DVDs. And I got there and I was out for dinner with some friends and I couldn't breathe. <laughs> Wait, you, you so, didn't, you heard that crack and you didn't. I just thought it was sore. I didn't know what else it was. I just, I just thought it was a bit sore. Did you have like and, a massive uh, bruise? Uh, it was bruised. Yeah. But I just thought it was, I just thought it was a bruise. I just thought I'd, you know, dinged it. Um, anyway, we're out for dinner and I, and I couldn't breathe at this point. I thought it was going to pass out. <laughs> So they called the ambulance and I, and I went to hospital and yeah, and I'd broken two ribs. Oh. And they said, well, I can't do anything with it. 
It's like, you know, ribs are ribs. You can't, can't you know, can't set them. Mm. So they gave me Vicodin, the painkiller. Man, I felt like a gangster rapper. <laughs> so cool. That's the stuff that House takes. You know, Dr. House on the TV series? Uh, House. Yeah, he's a Vicodin addict. I didn't know that. I don't yeah. really watch it. It's good. So I had some Vicodin, which is great. It's like really, really strong painkillers. Um, and then on the way back, I had like two Vicodin, large gin and tonic on the plane and slept for like 11 hours. <laughs> anyway, that was my experience with, uh, with, uh, with Vicodin <laughs> and travel insurance. So we had to claim, I had to claim on the travel insurance for, for that medical thing. And, and yeah, that was fine. So I've claimed on that, but in travel insurance, travel insurance doesn't claim it, doesn't cover it. Doesn't, didn't cover what happened to me this week. Um, so it is actually covered on my personal insurance. So I've had to email all the receipts, you know, fortunately now everything, um, I've got all the purchase receipts, you know, I ordered the, uh, the Mac and the iPhone and everything, um, online. So I've got all the receipts for that, sent all the receipts to the insurance company and they are going to be getting back to me, hopefully fairly quickly, um, with an actual confirmation. They've said it shouldn't be a problem, mm. but, um, they just need to, you know, match everything up and it looks like they will um just send me a cash settlement for the little case the hard graph case and they can either send me a new phone if i wanted you know a 4s again or they'll send me the equivalent value and i can decide what i'm going to spend it on right so but you know there's lots of things there in terms of insurance i didn't know that that the business insurance didn't cover it i didn't know that the travel insurance had a had a limit you know, I'm just used to packing stuff in a bag. Man, I pack so much stuff into a bag for these WIPO weeks. Hair dryer. You know, you hit... No. I took my little cuddly gorilla. <laughs> He's really valuable. Um, and your bar of soap. A bar of soap. So, you know, you take all this stuff. I took like four tablets and, you know, didn't think twice. Um, you know, I didn't think twice that somebody could just, you know, knock me on the head coming out of, uh, out of Geneva station, you know, nick the bag. As a few people have mentioned, actually, when I tweeted about this, a couple of people said, yeah, yeah, my parents lost their luggage at Ghana, at Conovan station. You know, they literally got out of the station, didn't know where to go next, put their suitcases or their bags on the floor, mm. looked at a map. And the next thing they know, somebody behind them has picked up the bags and run off. Can you believe that? That's a good start to a holiday. I just, oh man, can you imagine? So I could, you know, that could have happened to me and I could have lost, you know, a couple of grand's worth of kit um, as well. So the fact that we didn't update our inventory and, you know, let the insurance company know, um, first of all, that we're traveling abroad, but also, you know, what kit was included mm. since 2010. Um, I mean, that's just, that's just stupid. Yeah, that's I mean, come out a, since then. I'm just an idiot for that. Uh, so, you know, if, if all I've, if all I've done is to dent a laptop, which, you know, every laptop I've ever had has had a dent in it at some point, um, and lost a phone. Well, you know, I'm not dead. Um, and it's a, it's taught me a few lessons in terms of, you know, being a little bit more careful about my own safety and property and keeping the insurance up to date. Mm. So we'll talk about some of these lessons during the show, but I think you should tell us about our first sponsor. Yeah. 
Our first sponsor this week is Blush, uh, the letterpress printers. So Blush makes the kind of technology that we use every day with 16th century printing methods to provide beautiful letterpress printing for designers and artists. And they print business cards and Christmas cards and personalised stationery and wedding stationery, all on beautiful papers that they source from all over the world. If you can design it, Blush will print it beautifully. So have a look at their blog for some of the things that they've printed recently. And if you're new to Letterpress, Mark and his people will help and advise you at every stage of a project, and they'll even tweet photos of your project being printed. They call that Letterpress Live, so follow them on Twitter at Blush Publishing, or look out for the hash Letterpress Live hashtag. Find out more about what Blush do by visiting blushpublishing.co.uk forward slash unfinished. And there's something else special from Blush this week. Blush make beautiful typography artwork prints and they've collaborated with typographer Jim Williams, he's the author of Type Matters, to make a series of prints focusing on classic typefaces. The series includes classic ampersands and ligatures and these prints are beautiful but they're not expensive. Each print is only £20 and better than that, our listeners get 25% off in June by going to blushpublishing.co.uk forward slash unfinished prints and using the offer code unfinished prints at checkout. Just to be clear, those prints are actually finished. They're finished. It's just the, it's just the <laughs> offer code that's finished. <laughs> they are lovely. Though. I wish I had some wall space for those. Obviously, my walls, my walls are covered in eight posters. So, yes, yeah, so I've got to decide on what I'm going to do about this phone. Because I don't think that I can live without one. <laughs> I mean, nobody ever calls me, right? Nobody, nobody actually phones me up. Oh, it's, it's always you phoning people up. Yeah. <laughs> no. And I never give the number out. And I, I don't know what the number is. The lady in the O2 shop said to me today, what's, the, what's your phone number? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. So I had, to, I had to phone home from the shop to ask Sue what my mobile <laughs> number was. God, I, I, yeah, I never phoned myself. So how, why would I need to know what the number is? But there's other things, isn't it? I mean, Twitter, obviously, Twitter's the only, um, I only do Twitter on my phone. I don't have um, a Mac client. I don't have it on my iPad. I only ever do Twitter on my phone. Why is that? Because I can put the phone away face down and it's not a distraction. Um, you know, some people have like a Twitter app that runs down the side of the screen all day and it's just there kind of pinging in the background. Oh, I can't stand that. <laughs> no, I'd, I, I would find that too much of a distraction. So I just decided that I would put Twitter on my phone and only on my phone. Um, and that's worked out quite nicely. RSS feeds, I use Reader and I only ever pick up RSS feeds on my phone and, you know, I'll send articles to Instapaper or something like that. Mm. Um, and that's a phone only thing. Instagram, obviously. So I don't think that I can live without a phone. I mean, it's, I got to back to Liverpool airport yesterday. And, you know, the first thing that I normally do as we're landing, I know you shouldn't, as, as we're landing and, and taxiing across the tarmac, usually I'll turn my phone on, um, and just, you know, see what I've missed. I'll walk out of the customs area, the baggage area, and I'll check in on Foursquare before I usually phone home. <laughs> Um, and I couldn't do any of that. I couldn't do any of that. So I don't think that I can live without a phone. So I've got to decide on what I'm going to do. I could just go and get another 4S and then it'd be, it'd be like Thursday night all over again. Yeah. I just, I'd I'd be in exactly the same places where I was. Mm. Um, 
But it seems a bit silly to do that when it was already a phone that was, you know, a year out of date. So do I get an iPhone 5? But that seems a little bit silly because there's going to be an iPhone 5S or 6, what, October, November time, usually? It's usually October, I think. So we're only a few months away from that. So I know I'd be buying, essentially buying a, you know, an outdated phone already. Or do I, you know, I've got a 3G, not a 3GS, but I've got a 3G knocking about in the drawer. I've got an old HTC Windows phone knocking about in the drawer. Um, I've even got an iPhone 1 that I could stick the SIM card into. So do I use that for a bit? But then, you know, one of the things that I use most on my iPhone is the camera. You know, I'm always taking um, photos and... And oh, a lot of really my bad on the iPhone one. I know, and a lot of my Instagram photos are on the iPhone. I know I, sh- I, I carry my little uh, Olympus pen around with me as well, but you know, a lot of my Instagram pictures are from the 4S. So, can I really live until October? You know, we've got a holiday coming up. Am I going to live till October? You know, with an with an iPhone one or a 3G? I'd get so, I'd get a like a Windows phone or a cheap Android phone just to get kind of familiar with using a different operating system because that could influence your designs. Yeah, I suppose there is that, but I've already got a Google Nexus tablet, so I know what Android is like. It's I mean, different. I did tweet. It's different for a lot of devices. I know. I mean, I did tweet uh, a week or so ago because Fabio, one of the guys that works at Wipo, he has an HTC One. And it's a beautiful piece of hardware. It's like an iPhone in a parallel universe, right? It's like if it, if Apple wanted to make a phone that looked like a Mac, that's what they would make. It's a lovely looking thing. And it's got this gorgeous screen on it. I mean, it's just big and bold and beautiful. Um, and I did tweet that if there was a stock Android version of that, then I would buy it. Um, and lo and behold, Google now or are soon to sell um a, just a stock android version of the htc one so i could buy that i mean it'd be like 400 quid but do i want to use that as my main phone i don't, I don't think i do i think i'm i think i'm always going to be an iphone guy even with the dodgy icons on ios 7 <laughs> let's not get into that eh? <laughs> so i don't know what i'm going to do now actually my friend richard has offered me a uh an old iPhone four, uh, which he's got sitting in a drawer. So I could actually just borrow that phone from Richard and keep that until September or October or whenever the new iPhone's out. That could be my choice. Um, the particular, the biggest thing, the, the thing I, 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 do what, I actually don't care about the phone. I mean, you know, the phone's gone and a phone's a phone and I, I do love the four S. Uh, I think I actually prefer it to hold than an iPhone five. Um, you know, the iPhone five to me feels a little bit kind of skinny. Mm. Um, and to be honest, I like the weight of the four S. I don't think I need a lighter phone. I guess if it's heavy, then you can feel it in your pocket. Yeah. And you know, I I didn't feel envious of iPhone five owners. You know, it wasn't like, you know, when the iPhone four came out and I had a three G 
it wasn't like oh, a longing for this new phone. When the iPhone 5 came out, I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm happy with my, with my 4S. So I, you know, I don't care about the phone. I mean, I, I'll use something, I suppose, until the new one comes out. I'd say what the thing that really is bugging me is, uh, is the, the damage that I did to my laptop. Because it's got this whacking great dent now in the, in the lid. So when I'm looking at it, the top right hand corner has got a big ding out of it. Uh, and the bottom edge, you know, around where the trackpad is, mm. that bottom edge is, it looks like it's been dragged along the concrete. Mm. So basically the lid's knackered and the, the, you know, the aluminium chassis that the rest of it is made of is knackered. So I think it's a write-off. If they were going to replace those two parts, which they'd need to, they're not going to file it with a bit of, you know, a bit of board. Um, I think it's a write-off. It still works, though. It's just oh, a no, step still... Yeah, 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 yeah. But the, this is... All right, so this is me. I don't have too many vices. You know, I don't drink that much. I don't go out drinking. I don't smoke anymore. I don't have, you know, a lot of vices. Um, you know, I'm... I don't spend money on cars and I don't tend to spend money on clothes much, you know, apart from what's what I need really. So, you know, I, one of the things that I like is I like to have nice things I take around with me. You know, I like my wallet and I like my phone case uh, and I don't mind spending 85 quid on a hard graph because I know that I'm going to hold that thing every day and Actually, that's one of the worst things about losing it or having it nicked like this one is I spent about a year or more having, you know, my sweat and grubby hands and stuff have gone into the leather and it's soft and, you know, the, there's a beautiful patina to it. I knew you were going to say patina. <laughs> I know. Right. And, and I'm going to get a new one. It's not going to have that. So, you know, I don't have a lot of vices and I like my nice things and I keep my stuff immaculate. You know, if I, I, I can't work. I, I'm, I'm actually not going to use this this little laptop now. Apart from when I have to, I'm going to put it away. It's like normally it's sitting. I'm rec- recording the show on it now, but normally it sits on my desk alongside my iMac. Even you know whether I'm not using it or something. You know, it's it's there uh, because I love the thing as an object. It's it's just beautiful. I'm never going to do that with this Mac again. You know, when I'm not actually traveling or not actually using it. It's going to be in its sleeve, in a drawer, in a bag. I'm never going to look at it. I was going to suggest kind of scuffing it up all over and making it look kind of steampunk. No, I can't do it. You know, I have to have everything that that is mint and nice and as original as possible. Uh, I just have to keep my my kit perfect. I think that's how Apple kind of keep you uh, buying new stuff is because that, that kind of, you know, that unboxing moment that, when you get it and it's new and that is such a big thing to them. And, you know, people don't tend to want a patina on, on their devices, on their Apple devices. And they don't, they're not designed really to, to kind of retain that. No, I remember those old, uh, iPhone, iPod nanos that had the really highly polished silver back. Mm. Um, and the iPod Classic that I have has got a really, you know, and that's scuffed now. You know, for years and years and years and years, I tried to keep that as yeah, perfect as possible. Keep, you know, yeah, I, the plastic on it. 
Yeah, did that. And, you know, it, once it gets scuffed to me, then it doesn't mean the same. And at the moment, that iPod Classic is in the car, rattling around in the glove compartment. And, you know, it, it's, now a, it's now a utility thing. You know, it does what it does. And I actually don't really care about it that much. And I wouldn't miss it if it was gone. But when I have things that I really love and I keep with me all the time, they have to be perfect. Uh, it's, and I'm compulsive about it. It's like I buy a box of pencils. You know, I bought an expensive box of Caran d'Ache pencils once. I keep them in order. <laughs> I, they have to be in the order in the box that they, that it is on the lid. I'd love to work with you just to mess with you. People do that. Really. I'm sure they do. But yeah, messing up. So I don't know what to do. I, I need to replace this computer now. Um, it's a 2011 MacBook Air pre Thunderbolt. So that, that dates it. Um, and it's been brilliant. It's the best Mac I've ever owned out of, you know, all the PowerBooks and iMacs and MacBooks and MacBook Pros. It's the best computer I've ever owned, but I have to replace it now. So I'm not sure what to do because I promised myself that the next Mac I bought was going to be a Retina Mac. Mm -hmm. But the one that you've got, the, the current one that's out now, yeah. that's, that, that's not really good enough for me. And I know that they're going to be replacing them. That all these new um, MacBook Airs that came out this week or last week, they've got this new Intel processor, the Haswell processor in there. Mm -hmm. And that's faster and it's better power consumption which is why you can get like 12 hours of battery life out of the new air. So they're brown to be bringing that to the MacBook Pro, and that's the one that I would want. Um, so I could either buy a MacBook Air now, one of these new ones, or I can just wait until the MacBook Pro ships, and then I'll buy that, I think, and then sell this one on. I'll put, you know, even with a ding in the corner, it still perfectly works. I'll sell it for 300 quid to a student or something if they want it. Mm. Um, but I know, I know it's a waste and people on Twitter have been kind of going, you know, that's just because it's got a ding in it. That's just excessive, but you know, I don't spend money on cars. So what am I gonna do? <laughs> you just polish your MacBooks all day. Do you know what? I do do that. I do keep <laughs> it really clean. I have a bottle of that stuff, the cleaning stuff that you get in the Apple store and you know, once a week, yeah, I clean it. I do. I clean it even on the bottom where nobody sees it because I want it perfect. Don't laugh. <laughs> Sorry. Don't laugh. <laughs> oh, no, I know it's sad, but it's just the way I am. Hey, I tell you what, we need to talk about our second sponsor. Who's our second sponsor? Our second sponsor is Ghost Lab. Ooh, again. Ghost. I know. <laughs> do that voice again. No. <laughs> If you're a responsive web designer or developer, I think you're going to be really interested in Ghost Lab. It's synchronized cross-browser and mobile testing taken to the next level. Now, I know that they wrote that. That's their tagline, but it's true. So here's the problem, right? You're designing or developing a site, and you need to test it on multiple browsers and especially many different devices like smartphones. Man, I wish I had a smartphone. Or tablets. Now, you could set up a local development server, or you could FTP files to an external server, but who wants to do that? No one. Then there's keeping every device in sync while you test it, moving around the site, scrolling, using navigation, filling in forms. You need like three pairs of hands. But that's where Ghost Lab comes in. Ghost Lab synchronizes everything across different browsers and devices. So as you do something in one browser or on one device, 
It happens on all the others as well, instantly. So you click a link on a desktop browser and it's pressed on a smartphone. Whatever kind of smartphone you haven't got. You type in a form, input on a tablet, and it gets filled in across every browser or device that's connected to Ghost Lab. It's brilliant. Here's how it works. You install the Ghost Lab app on your Mac, and then you drag any HTML site into that Ghost Lab window. That's it. That's all you do. Ghost Lab does everything else for you. And then from there, you can open up your site in any installed browser, or you can point any device to that same network IP address. It works. And the great part is, with Ghost Lab, you don't have to install an app on your devices. It just works with the browser, any browser. Ghost Lab keeps a watch on your project, and it pushes any changes you make to any connected browser or device. So that makes designing using code, like I do with HTML and CSS, so simple. I've been using Ghost Lab now for a few weeks, and I just can't go back. And clients love it too. Just seeing a demonstration of a new design in Ghost Lab is fabulous. It's like magic. Ghost Lab's not a subscription service. You don't have to pay monthly for the software. You just buy it. And Ghost Lab costs £33 per user, and you can install it on two computers. So, say, a desktop or a laptop, dented or otherwise. And that's what I've done. And there are volume discounts available too. So, go to Vanamco. That's V-A-N-A-M-C-O dot com slash ghost lab and get ghost lab. And if you use the offer code unfinished business, you'll get 30% off at checkout. That's ghost lab. I bet they have really good Halloween costumes. The icon's great, isn't it? Yeah. I think they dress it's up cute. like ghost lab, ghost lab. It is. It's really, really cute. But no, ghost lab's ace. And I did a demo of this WIPO design to everybody again this week and seeing people's faces when they're looking down at, at an iPad um, and I'm controlling the demo and opening up drop-down menus on my phone. Ah, oh, joy. Do you think they called it that because it's kind of spooky the way it works? Yeah, that's a very good point, actually. No, they're really, really lovely guys, and I'm glad that they sponsored the show and they're going to be doing it for um, a few months to come. So we can talk about Ghost Lab and how we use it um, in specific client demos and stuff uh, as we go. So here's the thing, right? So I lost my phone, and it made me think about all that stuff that is on it, right? Because, I mean, the data's backed up. It's in iCloud. If I had another iPhone here now, I could um, do an iCloud backup. And, you know, all my contacts and calendars and, you know, all of that stuff would come down. Probably, and I don't know because I've never done it, but even things like my game saves, mm. me playing Street Fighter. <laughs> um, oh, I love Street Fighter. Th that stuff's all saved. Um and of course, you know, as soon as I knew within five minutes of it being at, gone from my site, I was in the hotel wiping it, right? Mm. So in terms of, you know, security, I think that, you know, I was pretty, you know, Johnny on the spot, right? And was it, did you have a passcode on it? Yes. Now, this is the thing, right? So some few kind of iOS security tips, and I suppose it's the same for Android as well. Uh I'm never, ever going to make the mistake of turning global location services off again, right? I mean, I'm a, I'm a moron. I didn't realize that it was going to stop fire my iPhone. So 
in future, if I don't want Google now or Instagram or any of those other apps that need location services, I'm just going to turn them off independently. I'm not going to turn off global location services again because, you know, that way find my iPhone's got no chance. Mm. So there's that set a passcode, definitely. Um, I, I mean, I, I had a passcode set so that even if just if the screen um, is turned off, it, it comes up immediately. Yep, mine too. That's exactly what I do. And there's another thing that you can do, which is you can set iOS to erase the phone after ten wrong tries. Yeah, I've got that. Turn too. that on. Turn that on. Um, and here's the thing, right? I don't have that passcode or that data erase thing set up on any of my iPads. So, you know, the little iPad mini that I carry around everywhere, that doesn't have it on there because I, f- I find it more annoying, you know, and often, often like my other iPad, it never leaves the house, right? So I don't have a passcode or anything on that. Well, bloody well, going to have now. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it, it's inconvenient, but I'm just going to have it. Yeah. The worst thing is, especially with, with kit that you use for work, right, is if you're doing a demo to a client on an iPad, you know, the fact that it goes to sleep and then you wake it up and there's a passcode thing in there, that's one of the reasons why I'd, I've never put passcodes on my tablets. Mm. But I'm just going to turn it off temporarily for, you know, for demos and then turn it back on again. I think if it's got things like your email on it, then definitely have some form of passcode. Well, the thing is, is I actually don't have email or contacts. My tablets don't have iCloud set up on them um, for, you know, contacts and calendars and things like that because I just never use it. I do it on my phone. But won't it have your sort of Apple password and stuff? That's the thing, right? That's the thing. So, you know, that's what I'm going to do in the future is I'm going to set the passcode and I'm going to set the the erase data after 10 wrong tries and... I'm never going to go back. The other thing, right? Um, keeping serial numbers of things. One of the things that the, 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 the policeman asked me was, what's the IME number of the phone? I've got no clue. No clue. Um, I don't know whether I've ever known it, but I don't know what that kind of stuff is. So what I'm going to do from now on is I'm going to keep serial numbers of everything. Absolutely everything. Um, That's good for uh, insurance as well. Yeah, I know. And I'm just going to keep a, a thing like that. I'll keep a Google Doc or, you know, a file in Dropbox and it's going to have that. I keep that stuff on in one password. That's exactly the place to put it. Yeah, a secure note in one password. Um, Where can you find the IME number? You can find it in on iOS anyway. It's in the About settings. Uh, and now that I can't do that because I've lost my phone. <laughs> I'm going to have a look for it. Uh, it's on the box, apparently, as well. It's somewhere on a sticker on the box that ca- it came in. So I'm going to keep a, a note of all that kind of stuff. I'll probably keep it in, in one password, definitely. Um, and I'm going to make sure that passcode's on, no matter what. Right? It, that's a lesson that I've learned. Okay, so it's in um, settings, general, about, and there's a thing called IME, and that's that's your number. So I didn't know that, which means that if for some miracle uh, the Swiss police come across my phone, they're not going to be able to trace it back to my case. But, you know, what am I going to do? The thing's gone. So you found um, 
a blog post on Channel 4, didn't you, about this whole thing? Yeah, there was... I remember reading it about uh, when, whenever it came out. Um, it was just a little article that was written by a journalist who, who'd been um, mugged. And he wrote up about the location services because um, he was talking about how... I think he had... It's well since I read it. He had uh, location services on, but it's really easy to turn them off if, if you steal a phone. Um, but you can actually set it so that it doesn't allow people to turn the location off without typing in a passcode. I never knew this. This is all new to me. So he's written down the instructions of how to do it, but um, it's really easy to do. You just uh, go into settings, touch general, select... Hang on, hang on, I'm getting my <laughs> iPad. I'm getting my little iPad mini here. Let's have a look. Oh, and it's got a passcode on it now. So let me get in. I'm not going to tell you what my passcode is. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Um... <laughs> no, it isn't really. People that do that are idiots. Right, where am I going? General settings, uh, general restrictions. Yeah, restrictions are off on my iPad Mini at the moment. So, so enable restrictions and set a passcode. Scroll down the list of restrictions until you find allow changes. Privacy. Allow changes. Right, got it. And open location. Hang on, on the iPad Mini, it says accounts. Okay, I don't see that. Location services, here we go. Sorry, location yep. services, yep. Don't allow changes. So if you click on don't allow changes, basically um, you won't be able to turn off location services on in an app unless you, you go into that menu. And if you want to add a new app that asks for location services, you kind of have to go in and manually change that. It's a bit of a hassle, but it means that, you know, if someone steals your phone and they get into it, then they won't be able to turn that off unless they know a passcode, which should be different to your um, the one that you use to lock your phone. Huh, which is exactly what I've done. I've just put in exactly the same passcode as I used to unlock the phone. Um Wow. Okay. So what else can I do? Deleting apps, Siri, explicit language, installing apps. It also stops him from disabling iCloud and find my phone, the article says. Yeah, I think it's going to, yeah, absolutely. No, I never knew this. Wow. That's a really, really useful article. I'm going to tell everybody yeah, about it's, this. Yeah, it's an eye-opening article. Just he talks about kind of what he should have done. And yeah, it's, hopefully it'll help people out there. Well, we'll put a link in the show notes, and I think I'm going to blog this link as well. In fact, Sue's taking her phone away with her. I'm going to do it on everybody's phone too because it's just so important. It is a I mean, bit what? annoying. I mean, I've had it on for, for quite a while, and um, every time that I add a new app that wants location services, it will say you don't have, you, you can't enable them. So you have to go into the settings and, and click allow changes and then switch on there. But I think it's it's worth the hassle. No, I'm just going to... I didn't even know that thing was there. I'm going to tell everybody about that. Because, you know, you've got all this stuff on your phone and I I don't know what I... I don't know, I don't know what I would do, um, you know, if anybody got access to, you know, your Google account or your Dropbox account. I see some people who have photo stream turned on and someone will steal a phone and start taking pictures with it, you know, sometimes of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and that can be quite interesting. That can help 
kind of police track it down. Um, well, there's an app called Prey. Have you heard of this? Uh, I've heard of something similar. Is this one that kind of spies on? Um, it uses a camera if your if your MacBook's been stolen. Then yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I don't know. There's a few of them, I think. Um, but that's something that I have installed on all my Macs, mm-hmm. and um, I think I've got it on the Android devices as well that I've got. Need to make sure that's up to date. But definitely, definitely, definitely on the Mac, make sure that Find My Mac is 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 installed and yeah. running. Um, is there a way to disable people turning it off, turning that off on a Mac as well? Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked into it. Yeah, I need to do that. I tell you what, the other thing that I've done, because obviously Find My Mac and Prey and these other uh, services, they need your machine to be connected to the web and being used. Yeah. Um, and that means that somebody will have to actually have access to an open account right. on the Mac. So what I've done you set up is a I've, guest account. Yeah, I've set up a guest account, which I've called free access. <laughs> um, and my Mac, and again, this is inconvenient, but every time that it wakes from sleep, it asks, you to, t- it asks me for the passcode. And I never used to, I never thought about this because you know, I've worked for myself from home for years, right? But when I started working in people's offices, um, you know, when I was up at Scottish TV or working for Accenture and stuff like that, you know, I'd go off to lunch and I'd leave my laptop on my desk. Um, and what open? Yeah, mm. oh, I don't care. Screen I just worry about on. people pooping. Well, I know yeah, that's against but... pooping rules, but a lot of people <laughs> don't know pooping rules. No, I'd you need to put a link to pooping rules in the, in the show notes. Yeah. But I never really thought about it twice about that. So. I did set up the, ultimately anyway, I did set up it needing a passcode when the screensaver kicked back out again. Um, and yeah, leave, leaving an account free for the crooks. So, you know, if they restart the machine and it comes up with two account possibilities, one they need a passcode for and one they don't, then that's going to encourage them to use the one without the passcode, which means that find my Mac and pray and whatever will, um, will be able to track the machine. Mm. So that's what I've done. And I've made sure that everybody has that on their machines as well here. And then two-step authentication as well for things like Google accounts. Yeah. Again, that's annoying, but it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. Apart from, of course, now, because I haven't got a phone. Um, I can't receive a text message, so I can't log into Google or Dropbox. <laughs> you so can I'll get probably... an app. Um, I've got the Google Authenticator app, and that works for Dropbox as well. Right, Okay. Can you put a link to that? Because I yeah, haven't seen yeah. that. Do you um, um do you encrypt your backup drives? No. If they got stolen, would someone have access to your to your data? Yes. You should encrypt them. Is that through like what used to be called File Vault? Is it still called uh, File Vault? How do you encrypt your backup drives? Well, so I use Time Machine. Um, and it comes up with a, an option when you set it up saying, do you want to encrypt the drive? Okay, um, I'm looking at it now. And I, I've just gone in, I tick into yes, Time Machine. And it, it asks me for a passcode every time um, I plug it in. Or if it's plugged I see, my, into my, a machine my, it doesn't recognise. My time capsule is automatically just, it's on the network. It's not plugged in. Right. It's a, it's a time capsule. Uh, Should so, let me do that. And it's now just... It takes a long time to encrypt it. I think it took about 
a day for me. Okay. Yeah. No, I can't actually see. I've got the options menu up here now. Um, and if I click where this is backed up to, now this is exclude items from your backup. No, I can't see an option for encrypting it. Huh. Anyway, we won't bore people with that. <laughs> Let's maybe find an instruction and we'll put it in. But no, I don't. I never really thought about it. Huh. Do you keep your machine encrypted anyway with, you know, running in Farvold? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if I've set this one up to, but I, I remember having lots of problems when I was, um, using terminal. But I should, I should check that. Yeah, no, I need to be more, um. Oh, I know what it was. Every time I wanted to empty the trash, it would take like a day. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I remember back in the day you tweeting about that. It takes forever. <laughs> but no, I, I, it made me realize, I mean, it was, it was a pretty horrible experience and I didn't cry though. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't cry. Um, but if it's, if it's cost me 450 quid, you know, in a, in a new phone or whatever, if the insurance don't pay out and a bit of a dent in a laptop, then I think it was probably a lesson learned. Cause you know, in all these years of, you know, throwing a few things in a bag and flying halfway around the world, you know, the times that we've been to Japan and Australia and America and, you know, you know, we both take our laptops and, you know, there's usually an iPad knocking about and we always take a couple of phones and I've got my iPod itself cause I don't keep music on my iPhone. You know, all that stuff you're carrying around and boom, I just realized today that we're not insured. Mm. So it was probably worth, um, probably worth that lesson to make sure, you know, so I don't learn a harder one later on. Should we button it up? Yeah, let's button it up. So you can email me at he has at unfinished.bz and Anna, she has at unfinished.bz or you can email us both at they have at unfinished.bz. All the links we mention. In this episode are in our show notes. You can find those at unfinished.bz slash 23. That's the number 23. And to ask questions and suggest topics, message us on Twitter at unfinishedbz. Thanks again to our amazing sponsors, Ghost Lab, synchronized cross-browsing and mobile testing taken to the next level. And Blush. You can support the show by supporting them. And... We have sponsor slots available over the coming weeks and months. So if you'd like to put your product or service in front of thousands, umpteen thousands of discerning geeks, then drop us a message. I'll see you next week with a special guest co-host because you're away, aren't you? Yeah. Where are you going? San Francisco. Cool. Well, give my love to everybody there and uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. See you in a couple of weeks.